1: Welcome to the one and only Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Derek Van Riper, Nick Whalen here as we revisit week 15 of the fantasy football season. we got one game coming up tonight, just a few hours from now, uh, the Panthers and Redskins. I have to imagine, well you told us on Thursday of last week, I believe, that you are no longer in the playoffs for your leagues, Nick. Correct. But I have to imagine a lot of people do have something hanging in the balance tonight because these teams have a significant number of useful players on them. I had a lot of questions during the chances to win segment on the XM show. Uh, Chris Liss is undefeated; he's never been wrong predicting chances to win.
2: What? What does that mean exactly?
1: Well, he's it, predicted every game in the the history of the NFL correctly. It's that he's never forecasted anything to be a hundred percent certain, oh. and therefore he's always got a, a buffer. So if no, he's wrong, he's not great wrong. Move, yeah. yeah, it's genius. Yeah. Uh, so always being right is is really important. So we got some good stuff here. Uh, first and foremost, it was the weekend, and it was the coldest weekend probably in two or three Ever. years. I mean, it was it was brutal. I d- I didn't go outside at all yesterday. I refused. I didn't. I didn't want to go anywhere. I planned for it. I went out Saturday, hmm. got some groceries, got the crap done. I had to get done yeah. stores, whatever. I knew. I woke up Sunday morning. sat down the
2: hatches and just lock it. Wrote it, down. it out. Yeah. Yep. I uh, I decided to drive to Oshkosh, Wisconsin on Saturday night which was not, well, in retrospect, not a great, well, Saturday I don't know we night. had a, we had a nice little, you know, high school boys night, we'll call it, uh, girls what? ended up coming too, but that's beside the point. I'm, I was furious about that. People um, you spent time with when you were in high school, right? Not right. Current yeah. High school yeah. Kids. Yeah. Me, me and a bunch of current high school kids. One that's why I draw on for you know, the record. My high school friends, Oshkosh kind of is in like in the middle for all of us and some are home, you know, some are in grad school or in home hub, on breaks. The right. The hub, uh, Oshkosh, Wisconsin. So it was like, all right. All my, you know, my, my, i was I had to make the furthest drive basically, and I was like, you know what, I'm, I drive a 2008 Buick Lucerne, I'll be just fine. What a brag and, about the car! Yeah, and yeah, so a quick little brag about my car, but no, it it was fine. I did have to drive 40 miles per hour all the way there. Like the roads were not in great shape, but it wasn't like dangerous at any point. It was just you had to drive slow because you you know there's certain patches that were a little iffy. So it took me three hours to get there, but it was well worth it. It was yeah, a it was fun was time.
1: Normally like an hour. It's about an hour. Minutes. About an hour.
2: It's only an hour normally. Yeah, I mean, you can if you if it's great conditions and you're going a little over the speed limit, just over an hour.
1: Yeah, I guess it's not that far. I've really only driven. It's
2: kind of the halfway point for me between you know Madison and, and Green Bay. So
1: yeah, that's fair. All right. Well. I almost I almost hit parked cars on my way to work today because of the of the ice <laughs> conditions. like a ramping. <laughs> from not I I was so angry about how things went yesterday. I, I was just driving down the yeah. Main Park Street, just coming in towards the office. The streets and are horrible in Madison. They, there's there must be like a really thin layer of ice or slush on them. And then I, the, I think the tread in my tires was packed full of snow and ice, so there's no grip. Yeah. So a light changed from I don't know, probably what felt like 300 feet away i had plenty of time to stop i hit the brake and all of a sudden the back end of my car just swung out i was sliding sideways down park street towards the intersection <laughs> I, I wasn't even driving how fast. are you alive right now i don't I, I didn't i had the froze i didn't even steer yes. out of it i just i was just like um what do i do and i just i just kind of lay came, on the horned. i was just hitting the brakes i just came to a stop i kind of looked around yeah. i landed right in between two parked cars and i think i was like a foot or two wow. in front of them too so i i probably would have missed them either way but i ended up right between them so all i had to do was just back up to right. away i was ready to go it's <laughs> like it never happened <laughs> i just I, I was driving away i kind of I knew there was someone like in the lane right next yeah. to me i kind of pulled the dust off yeah. the shoulder like yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm good yeah that happened that, that I, was on purpose uh, uh, i'm just i'm just working on stunts right now
2: i noticed a lot of cars both in the city and, and on the highway were driving around just with the hazards on on friday night or sorry saturday night like so it's you know it's snowy and bad conditions but like is that a thing people do like I I love that as like a, all right, my hazards are on, I can I can do whatever now, like all bets are off, no rules apply, hazards oh, are on. Yeah,
1: I mean I think that was more of a hey, I'm here, don't hit me, but maybe, maybe it was like uh, I'm okay. I'm going going ball through the wall now. Yeah. So it's just
2: like hey, you look it's out. It's your responsibility to look out for me now. Hazards are on
1: if I decide to I'm start a hazard. taking some donuts here in the middle of the freeway, right, right I put the hazards on, you mm-hmm. you knew. Perfect. Right. So it it's been it's been a little crazy out there. Uh it didn't, has. didn't see any jerseys. I went to a uh, place for, for Asian food for lunch, and I thought I might see a Jersey in there, actually, because it's it's kind of high. a centrally located place in Madison. I just okay. thought it was high traffic.
2: It was, yeah, I would say like Asian food restaurants, typically not Jersey hubs.
1: Right, but this was over by the Hilldale area, a uh, oh, place okay. called the Dumpling House. Gotcha. Really, really good place. Really busy, lunchtime on a Saturday. I just thought someone would roll in you with, think. A, with a 33- Reebok red Wisconsin right. jersey the real and, rushing leader yeah yeah I had that jersey too I, I can't remember what I did with it I don't did know did you I,
2: check like the uh, frame on your wall or like <laughs> no, your safe deposit sh-
1: box no <laughs> I should double check those two places yeah I should check my eBay account from yeah like 2003 I probably sold it for for a couple cases of beer or something uh, back Seems during like college
2: deal, but all right so I didn't see any
1: jerseys in Oshkosh did you see any
2: I'm trying to think um I don't think I did no, which is surprising because, you know, Packers playing the next day. Basically, if it's, like, football season, Packers jersey just becomes, like, normal wear for, for Wisconsin people. Right. Um, so, no, I, I really don't think I did. No, wait, I did see a Russell Westbrook UCLA jersey.
1: Hmm.
2: Russell Westbrook UCLA. Yep, uh, that was about it, though. What'd you see you
1: see those quite a bit now. Yeah, it's common. Right. I mean, it's nice, but it's common.
2: Speaking of jerseys, do we want to do this now or wait till we get to the Jags game?
1: Um... Well, yeah, there's some gifts that came in the mail. We think they're gifts.
2: Yeah, so we received three packages today. I, they were addressed to me, sent to me at the office. I didn't receive anything. People don't send me gifts. They were delivered to my desk this morning by a a great, great USPS worker. Don't know his name. Uh, but they're from three different people, and they're all Jaguars jerseys. I peeked inside each one. I don't know what the jerseys are. We're going to open them now. So I'm, what, what we have here is going to be live reaction. I just did confirm. I opened a little hole in each one. We're like, okay, it looks like a Jags jersey. And they were all teal. Uh, so Spoiler, dude. One of them, well, I don't know what players they are, what sizes they are, what, you know, eras they're from i hope i hope the i hope they're all
1: left witches. Right. I, hope, I hope you go from two to five byron left jerseys yes. as a result of these generous gifts yeah. uh, who's the first one from right. we'll go first name and state. Well, see i feel like they have to all be from the same person right like wouldn't, but they, wouldn't they just it be, pretended like they're from be, different places and they well, put well i don't know like, that's on? the thing is like wouldn't it be
2: bizarre if three jaguars jerseys all addressed to me at the same address showed up all on the same day, and they're from different people? Well, I don't know. Oh, the return addresses, ways. The return addresses on all three of these are different. I will say that. I'm not going to read them because I'm not, yeah, yeah, right, not no, going to read off people's personal information. First name I'll publish in, it in a on state. Twitter. I won't read it. Um, <laughs> so, all right. here's the first one. We're going
1: to see. Who's it from? It's from Patricia. Dude, I said just first names. Okay, I'm not going to give the address. <laughs> all right, so. Oh, this looks like a Gabbard era. Oh, Gabbard-era jersey, huh? What do you got here? It looks nice. What is that?
2: It's got to be Mike Sims Walker. What? A Mike Sims Walker, but it just says Walker, so this, is, this must be before he became Mike Sims Walker. Well, really? That's incredible. Great stuff. It's got All tags right. on it still. Yeah, still got tags.
1: That's, that's going to be tough to this beat. This one's an
2: extra large, going to be
1: pretty big on me. Oh, uh, might that might become, become part of the, the Derek rotation.
2: Yeah, are you? Not that, not that you I'm an an extra, extra large. large okay,
1: jersey number closer two closer to extra large than you are.
2: Yes, uh, this one is from Thank you, Jester's. That's, that's fantastic. Jester's jerseys. Yeah, if if you're the person who who committed this atrocity, identify yourself on Twitter. Uh, all right, jersey number two.
1: Blank. Oh, Paul
2: Puzlesny number 51 but on the front of the jersey there is no number that's awesome <laughs> i don't know what happened here if this is some sort of factory error uh, there's nothing printed on the front of the jersey but we got puzzleously 51 on the back and I that's like it. that's what matters that's nice yeah, this right. is going to be a that's going to be a keeper all right who is that from that one was from it says jester's jerseys all right thanks so, jester all right this one is from someone named steven this is the final one
1: More teal, a lot of teal in your wardrobe. Is this what I think it is? Oh, it's not. But
2: Derek Harvey.
1: Oh, nice! Wow. Uh,
2: Derek Harvey. Derek Harvey. I thought it might Those have been from
1: from like a spring training game or something or uh, like a
2: yeah.
1: I don't know. This one's a child's XL. Perfect. See, what I was thinking was that the the Harvey jersey was a situation where Matt Harvey went and like threw out the first pitch at a Jags oh. game or something. Yeah, mm, I assume that's possible. Was the first pitch at a Jags game? They have that there, or do they have a ceremonial coin toss? Or they
2: I don't know. They their mascot will sometimes like parasail into the stadium. I think that's kind of that's kind of what we're looking at here. Um, but wow, I mean, this these exceeded expectations. A uh, with no number on the front is something I've as you know I've wanted for a long time. Derek Harvey, um, he played. Fewer than three seasons, I believe, with the Jags, so a tough jersey to find. Do you think
1: the Harvey one ends up on your wall? If you can't, I think these get are all going to end up shoulders? on my wall. Um, when one, when one fashion or the other. Well, the Plumlee one is great for the wall because there's nothing on the front. Yeah, but it, just frame it. It's
2: you know? made to be framed, essentially, is what you're right. saying. Right,
1: you can kind of make your own Jacksonville area Applebee's right now. Like you've got right the necessary wall markings
2: yeah. for it. Yo, I think that's totally spot on. Um, last time I was actually. In Jacksonville, we this is a real thing that happened. We went to this like it was actually a very cool bar. I don't remember what it was called, but it was a huge like outdoor kind of seafoody type of bar. And it was getting too packed and you know, my friend and I were like, you know, where's the where's the next best place to go? We just asked, you know, our waitress who we had you know, been talking to or whatever, and she she's like, If I'm being totally honest with you, the second best place to go is probably the Applebee's down the street. Wow. So it, I mean that's that's bleak. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it could just say a lot about the Applebee's, I guess. But, no, and but I'm, not, yeah, I'm, I'm
1: not a person who's going to, you know, talk crap about a small town that doesn't have a lot of places to eat or anything. Small and, town, it has an NFL franchise. No, I'm not. I'm not. This isn't about Jacksonville. Okay, it's, this is about Applebee's. Like I'm, I'm not into the, the chain restaurant thing. But if you're miles away from places that have other options, then sometimes you just have to settle. There was an amazing story on Twitter. Did you see that? The thing that was it was posted on our internal SMAC board? Uh, maybe a week or so ago, about a guy who was betting on games, unbeknownst to his wife, she found oh, out about it. Yeah,
2: that, was I at read an that tweet read. That was at Applebee's. That was incredible. Yeah, he
1: got really drunk at an Applebee's and was trying to decide he was going to go home. And her her dad had come over, and it it was that was yeah that was like it was hard to follow. Meme, it was but, uh, it was, a, it was a, probably a hundred tweets long. This whole epic yeah. saga. If you just just Google. I think it's Southern Baptist uh, Applebee's. <laughs> I think that'll get you the Twitter I think when story. you type in Southern
2: Baptist on Google, it just autofills Applebee's. Those, no are the, those are the
1: key elements of the story that I remember. So hopefully you can track it down mm-hmm. and enjoy it uh, yourself if you want. But thank you for the jerseys for Nick. That's, yeah, this uh, is really, huge. It's going to brighten up his holiday i I more season. than
2: doubled my Jaguars jersey supply.
1: I, I like the Walker one the best. Yeah, no, that one wins. I think I like the Puzzlesley one, but... Yeah, okay. We'll see. All right, Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, a lot of interesting games yesterday. Let's start with the Saints and Cardinals. I'm just going to go in whatever order I feel like. That game was the most interesting one to me uh, based on the output of those two teams. I was very gun shy about using Drew Brees this week. Uh, on the road, always a place where you have to think carefully about using him depending on your alternative. And then, of course, against Arizona, pretty good defense to boot. The Saints come out and put up 48 points. Brees throws for four TDs after going two weeks with zero. Uh, 389 yards, 186 of those going to Brandon Cooks, two scores to Cooks as well. Really everything kind of firing on all cylinders again yesterday, except for Kobe Fleener who had 10 yards yeah. on two catches, but he does he ever really fire on all cylinders?
2: If he does, he only has like He's like a four-cylinder, yeah. You know, right? right? So it's not like all there's not like a bunch of cylinders there. That's but, an
1: amazing car
2: reference. No, oh yeah, big. Very. Co- I come from a car family. I'm not a car guy, but I come from a car family. So so. You get some. Accident, I've heard that, I've heard the word cylinder used around. You know, tossed around the garage a you, couple times. You have osmotic car knowledge. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. So uh, New Orleans puts up 48 points after putting up 16 against Tampa Bay last week, in 28, or excuse me, 13 uh, against Detroit the previous week, um, and then you look back one more week, 49 points against the Rams. So, I mean, I'd this is their, what, fourth game with at least 40 points on the season, and yet they still have the capability to have these, you know, barely over 10-point uh, performances. And, I mean, I think they, as much as the Cardinals really, have been, like, you know, top three or four most frustrating fantasy teams or offenses
1: overall. Yeah, they have been up and down in a way that really doesn't make a lot of sense. And one thing that was really puzzling yesterday, Tim Hightower had two rushing TDs. He's back. Mark Ingram had more carries, was better on a per-carry basis, and was doing the bulk of the work on the ground, only to get passed over in close. And we saw shots of him yelling at Sean Payton on the sideline about it, and apparently there may be some kind of touchdown incentive in his contract. Really? Yeah, so getting getting vultured... Getting vultured might might again. I've not seen a confirmation of this, but it was this was the report that was bouncing around Twitter yesterday. Getting vultured by Tim Hightower might actually be costing Mark Ingram money in addition to Mark Ingram's fantasy owners. I don't like that that the contract incentive. You
2: know, I mean, it's it's only a hundred thousand dollar incentive, only. Um, which, which, I mean, no, but seriously, great, you know, it's not like this is like, all right, he doubles his salary if he gets this many touchdowns. You know, like no, I don't know. No, yeah, but you, it, I mean, I, the the implication here is, or what some people think is, oh, Sean Payton was said, don't get Mark Ingram a touchdown because he has this contract incentive. And we want to save the hundred thousand. Like that's what that's
1: what's implied, right? I, I mean, it's implied. I, I don't know if it runs that deep, but. How, how gross would it be though if ownership said, "Hey, we'll give you twenty thousand yeah. to not let him reach that incentive." I mean, like, I would not like that doubt that something happen.
2: like that. Yeah, you know, I I would not doubt that something like that has happened. And, like, I feel like it, that has definitely happened at some point in some franchise.
1: Oh, I mean, there's definitely uh, it, it happens more often with uh, like volume based things, yeah. games played, games finished, right. and baseball is often a cl- closer sort of thing where. Mm-hmm closer finishes 50 55 60 games yeah. whatever it is there might be some tiered bonuses based on that and the manager can easily wasn't there easily something control it
2: wasn't there something in baseball and i'm hoping i'll give you be able to just like give you enough random information that you'll be able to figure out what i'm talking about where like somebody was used, you gonna say southern baptist apple no, no 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 no, no, no! Somebody needed like X number of games played or X number of at bats to like win a title for something like a batting title. Well, or... DJ
1: LeMahieu didn't play the final yeah, series yeah, yeah, yeah. of it's the like, season. Yeah,
2: yeah, guys are sitting out to preserve their batting title. That's exactly. Yeah, so
1: I mean, it's that's weird. It, that's kind
2: of the opposite of this. Well, I guess. and that
1: that one, it's not really clear if Walt Weiss, the manager, was doing that or if DJ LeMahieu. It's got to right? I, th- like, I think it's more the manager just doing it and. Maybe the player just respecting the manager publicly but being frustrated about it privately, and there's a lot of different ways that could play out. Mm -hmm. I would assume most players, most competitors, want to just go out there, compete, win it the right way. I don't
2: buy that, though, because it's like, you know, Mark Ingram had 17 carries. It's like, what were they going to, like, if if he busted off a long run, was Sean Payton going to run down there and, like, tackle him before he got in the end zone or, like, tell him not to score? Like, he you know, obviously, Hightower was put in, like, more likely touchdown scenarios, but it's not like Ingram... Yeah, you know, there's still this chance that he could have gotten a touchdown on any of those 17
1: carries. I mean, I'm just looking at this this and thinking 100k even even if your base salary is I don't know five million that's mm-hmm. probably what Mark Ingram is is getting right now roughly. I mean, players only play for a very brief period of time, especially NFL running backs. Yeah. So 100k while in the grand scheme of that contract, it might not seem like a lot. In the grand scheme of his earnings power in the NFL and beyond, it's actually a pretty substantial amount of money, and I think that's he's like right to I be mean that's give or take ten thousand cases of hams light. Can you even imagine that many 10, cases 000, of hams yeah. light? They'd have to just start shipping it directly to you. They would. More maybe, they, they, maybe they could do that. They could ship it right to the office if they if they want to. Everything's it's everything's coming up. Waylon opportunity. opportunity so. yeah. Might as well keep the momentum going while we can. Uh, For Arizona, John Brown with the nice game, 5 for 81 and a score. J.J. Nelson, 5 for 38 and a score on 11 targets. He dropped one in the fourth quarter, I believe. That would have been a long TD if he'd pulled it in, too. Uh, So that was kind of a disappointing development. But overall, a passable game as they both kind of picked up extra targets uh, with Michael Floyd now in New England. Carson Palmer, 318, two scores in the day. David Johnson just continues to get it done. 12 for 53, two TDs on the ground, four for 55 uh, as a pass catcher. I keep looking at the top of the board for next year. It's got to be Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, and Ezekiel Elliott in some order because both Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham have been great. But they haven't quite been at the level we expected them to be at. I think when you look at Brown going into next year and Beckham going into next year, unless there are significant changes to either of those teams, and I don't think there will be based on the success they've had this year, you kind of pencil them in for more of the same, and they fall 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th overall in most drafts, with the running backs really making a big push.
2: Yeah, I, I don't think there's been a single receiver really this year that has I wouldn't say not like I wouldn't say lived up expectation, but has anybody like, that, like any of the star receivers like really outperformed their projection? Well, the Julio was kind of on
1: pace, he know. was, and he's missed some time though. And and the other thing with Julio, he had that one really right. monster game right at the 300 yard yeah. game. Other than that, well, I, I had, he was part of the reason in the Stopa league why I went six and seven. Like I had the most points in the league up through week thirteen. Yeah. And Julio missing some time, but being kind of feast or famine, that's not good in a head-to-head football league. It's fine in the stake league, points are points in the stake league, and it doesn't matter as much if you don't care about what happens uh, in the knockout portion of the playoffs. So I think the, the format of your league actually dictates whether or not you're like, happy with Julio Jones or slightly even disappointed. And with Antonio Brown... Looking back through his game log, he had a couple of monster games too. The 14 for 154 against Dallas, 12 for 140 against the Eagles on 18 targets back in week three. It was a bad game for the Steelers, but actually a good game for Antonio Brown if you're in a PPR league. Uh, you know, 7 for 106 against the, the Patriots, a couple TDs against Washington in week one, over 100 yards that game two against Kansas City, three against the Colts. I think that was the Thanksgiving Day game. I mean, he's had some games where he's been great, and he's had a 4-for-39 against Miami, a 4-for-39 against the Bengals, uh, 3-for-58 this week. I mean, yeah. there have been times where he's, his floor has been a bit lower than expected in some weeks, albeit he's offset it with his season-long production by having some nice high-ceiling yeah. games around it.
2: Yeah, I think maybe Mike Evans is somebody you look at, and even he's cooled off a little bit, but he's kind of somebody that, You'd say, all right, you know, I would have taken him a few spots higher. But a lot of that, too, is like Allen Robinson, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, Sammy Watkins, guys who were kind of in that range, all, you know, wildly underperformed. The point, I guess, is that, like, no receiver is carrying, like, an insane amount of momentum in the next fantasy season.
1: Yeah, that's – I mean, it may be – Next week and week 17, the playoffs, somebody will start going off, and that'll change. But at this point, I I would agree with you. Uh, Let's move on to the next game on the slate. Let's go Packers Bears. And if it weren't for a couple of of drops from Devontae Adams, the Packers win this game by a more decisive margin. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Bears credit them for rallying back in the fourth quarter, uh, putting up 17 to tie it before a late. 60 hard pass from Rodgers to Jordy Nelson put Mason Crosby in position for a game-winning field goal as time expired. But the Bears, for a bad team, they're not the bad team that doesn't show up. I mean, Matt Barkley is kind of interesting, maybe not a guy that's going to be a long-term starter, but at least good enough to be in the mix, maybe to compete for the job next year or to begin the year with the starting job and then Perhaps he'll give away to a younger rookie-type player. I mean, there's a lot of different ways they can consider going after it, but I think Barkley is going to be a part of their plan for 2017 based on what he's done over these last few games. Three productive receivers because Barkley threw for 362 yards and two TDs. Deontay Thompson, 8 for 110. Cameron Meredith, 9 for 104. Elshon Jeffrey, after a slow start, 6 for 89 and a score of his own. Uh, This is a team that it's not completely devoid of talent and I feel like when you look at most bad teams around the league right now you look at San Francisco by comparison or the Rams or maybe even the Browns and those teams all seem to be at least a tier below what the Bears have at their disposal right now
2: yeah yeah I think so I think they've yeah the Bears looked really really bad for a few games kind of in the middle of the season and they've even though it hasn't necessarily resulted in wins you know they've they've at least been a very competitive and very respectable team over these last several weeks um did this game remind you of the 2013 packers bears game the one that ended the season when randall cobb just uh, right when put, randall hand cobb up put and, his hand up and
1: yeah didn't have that feel as soon as Rodgers launched that ball towards jordy nelson just, yep. i had the same kind of like oh holy crap and the packers were losing like
2: i mean it was much more dire circumstances in 2013 the packers were down it was fourth down and it was the last game of the season last too. game of the year yeah, I believe had the Packers have lost that game, they wouldn't have made the playoffs, right?
1: Pretty sure that was that was the circumstance Pretty sure, for that yeah. play.
2: Um, and yeah, I mean, this one, you know, not quite as dire, I guess, circumstance-wise, but still, you know, with Detroit losing in that game, you know, I think the Detroit game was over already when that play had happened. So, you know, it was, it was the same sort of desperation, I guess, and the same sort of dismay as the Packers, you know, blew this lead, gave up the field goal to tie, and then very similar play, I guess, as Jordy Nelson inexplicably
1: Got by uh, the Bears secondary. Yeah, the uh, Bears not playing deep enough defensively on that play, and Jordy Nelson making them pay for it. Uh, Devontae Adams, in the line's bad, two for 25, six targets, but it could be totally different. He could have had four for 50 and two scores, and he would have put some people over Mm -hmm. the top this week. Ty Montgomery ran very well in this game. 16 carries, 162 yards, two scores. Kristen Michael ripped off a 42-yard TD run in uh, relief of Montgomery, too. So the Packers are starting to run the ball pretty well. Rodgers moved around a bit more than I expected him to. He didn't have that same elusiveness, but he was at least trying to get out of the pocket and trying to run when he had to, which I think is an encouraging sign, given that conditions were pretty frigid yeah. in this matchup it seemed
2: like he was sacked more than four times
1: yeah you know it's just because he was on the run yeah. a lot He was on the hobble he was on the hobble three carries 19 yards six yards per carry on a bad wheel yeah,
2: yeah now what eight picks in the last two weeks for the jet or for the Packers secondary
1: yeah ha ha clinton dicks has like eight of them yeah more like ha ha clinton picks am i right oh he drops the ha ha clinton picks can't believe it happened ty montgomery uh why was he not playing over james starks a couple weeks ago that's a good question. I mean, Starks didn't play in this one,
2: so, you know, you do wonder if maybe a few of those carries are redistributed to Starks if he doesn't get
1: in the car accident and have a concussion, but like it's hard Is that what to it took? A... It took like a an accident to befall James Starks for the anthropomorphized bowl of ham salad to yeah. decide that, well, we got to give Ty the ball more. Yeah, I
2: don't know if it's some sort of divine intervention or what, but you know, I mean Montgomery looked Incredible, looked really good.
1: He and, and and Starks, and it I wasn't mean, just fluky either. Like I almost wonder if if McCarthy has a soft spot for Starks because Starks was their back when they won the Super Bowl a few years. I
2: mean, he's ago. been fine. There's nothing
1: like I don't think anybody. He's been bad this year, James Starks. I don't, yeah, he's he's okay as a third down back, but there's nothing there's nothing extraordinary about his game. The thing that might be the most valuable. With him right now for the Packers is his familiarity with the offense. That would be the thing compared to Ty Montgomery, who's new to the running back position, and Kristen Michael, who's only been on the team for a few weeks. That's where that edge would come from. But I wonder how much that that benefit, that perk, is being overvalued at the expense of more talented runners in Montgomery and Michael right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think after a game like this, I I don't know how you can't, go back to Ty Montgomery for a similar type of workload. So we got a new
1: problem for you. Uh, It's called the Jordan Howard versus Todd Gurley problem. If you're looking ahead to 2017, you've decided today, right now, December 19th, 2016, for the 2017 season, and you have to try to account in your head for what you think the Bears and the Rams are going to do between now and the start of next season. If you were drafting for next year today, would you take Jordan Howard or Todd Gurley? Probably
2: Jordan Howard, right? I don't know. It's tough. I mean, I think it depends. Obviously, where you're where you're drafting, and if you're if you if you can like get your hands on Gurley late in a draft uh, or later in a draft, I guess, than you would have this year. Of course, you do it. Um, but I think just straight up, you know, if you're in the what are you? I mean, where are we talking here? Like mid second round, something like
1: that. Probably the two three turn. Mid- sure. Yeah, maybe maybe mid second round. I think probably Howard. So we talked about before Bell, David Johnson, Zeke up at the very top. Shady McCoy, DeMarco Murray are probably first-rounders going in the next year. Melvin Gordon might be around the 1-2 turn.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, those guys are all firmly ahead of Todd Gurley. Right, Devontae Freeman is
1: going to be up there ahead of them. I mean, I would Like, what about like, Carlos Hyde, Robert Kelly? I think Hyde will be part of the Gurley-Howard tier because okay. the team's so bad. But I, I do like Hyde yeah. quite a bit. He's the one, if he's falling, it's almost like I'll take whichever of those three falls because mm-hmm. I believe in the skills of all of them. We threw this question out there on SiriusXM. We didn't get a lot of great responses because people weren't listening to the show. They were just following the Twitter account Mm. and then chiming in with things we'd talked about already, which was kind of frustrating. The gist of the question was, can you recall a running back who crashed as hard early in his career after a really impressive rookie season or impressive year two the way Todd Gurley has this year, and some of the names that we were thrown out there were like, well, DeAndre Hopkins and Allen Robinson. Like they don't play a running back. Like I, I understand, fact, yeah. understand the, the frustration with them because they crashed his first round picks this year. But it's rare to see a running back put up the kind of efficiency numbers that we saw from Gurley last yeah. year come back and just struggle as much as he has this year. And and one of the things we talked about, I was with Tom Kesnick from the NFFC, is just that you know Gurley he really hasn't been in a position to succeed at all. Like the, the Rams' play calling is bad. The personnel is bad. The players around him do seem to have given up to some extent. Maybe not everyone to a man, but there that, that air of, well, it doesn't really matter what we do. We're just out here getting killed yeah. because our coaches didn't prepare us and the front office built a crap roster. That seems to be between the ears of Todd Gurley right now, where he's being run up the middle, Instead of getting the ball on the edges, and, and it's just what's what's his incentive right now to go out there every day and just get blasted for a bad team?
2: Yeah, I think there's that. I mean, I I don't tend to think that effort is really ever much of an issue. I think I've we talked about this a couple you get weeks like, like, you you tri- ago. Yeah. You don't try. But Todd hard. Gurley was just like. Prancing around out there, like we, you would know, he would keep be getting smoked every play, which he kind of does already. um But I mean, to go back to like you were asking people for like comparisons of like, has this ever happened before? Like, does DeMarco Murray count last year? That was but the name. That was the name I settled on. He's
1: further on in his career, and that's also switching teams and like drastic different systems, different systems. The thing about the Eagles last year, even though they were asking him to do different things as a runner than what the Cowboys did in 2014 and what the Titans have done mm-hmm. in 2016. The Eagles had all sorts of offensive line problems. You know, they had injuries up and down the line last year. I think Jason Kelsey was the biggest one. Their center missing a lot of time was, was a big deal. And that's one of the things with the Rams. They do not have a good offensive line right now. I mean, what does it take? One free agent pickup, one or two good know. draft picks. I don't know enough about line. It changes. I just think it's one of those areas where it's important, but you can rebuild that relatively quickly. You can go from having a, an average or below average or even bad offensive line to a good or great offensive line in a reasonably short amount of time mm-hmm. compared to you have no passing game and you have no weapons at all. You have to get a quarterback, you have to right. get tight ends, you have to get receivers. It takes more to build a passing game, it seems, than to rebuild an offensive line where you know one or two draft picks – a veteran pickup in free agency, and a lot then of it's staying some young healthy player, Yeah, some young player maybe from the year before who's just more experienced steps right. in, and you got a totally new group that might gel together. No,
2: for sure. I, I think that's spot on. I mean, I, again, I think a lot of it too. Though, if you look at a team like the Cowboys, like this, you know, obviously they have a ton of talent on the line. I mean, how, at least probably what two projected Hall of Famers you would think uh, as of right now. Um, and that, that goes a long way, of course, but just being able to keep a unit together and being able to add depth as they as they did, you know, kind of taking a gamble on a guy like Collins uh, in the draft, like just having those options. So when inevitably you lose a lineman or two or sometimes three, you know, as we see with some teams throughout the year, you're not dipping into these guys who are just like huge, huge liabilities. No, ideally, yeah, you'd
1: have seven Linemen that you're comfortable with, a couple versatile right. guys, and you deal with a couple injuries, but then you're still pretty much working with a starting caliber unit. The best answer, at least from a, a production standpoint that I saw, was Steve Slayton. I mean, you think back, Oof. 2008. Steve Slayton as a rookie, 1,282 yards, nine TDs in the ground, 4.8 yards per carry. Also caught 50 passes for 37 yard or 377 yards. While 50 catches for 37 yards would be bad. That's that's Rams Jags efficiency. You look at Slayton, though, 3.3 yards per carry in 2009. He dropped a yard and a half per carry. A lot of the same things around him, and he was never right. I think he had a neck injury that caused some problems yeah. uh, holding onto the ball. And He didn't have Pat White. Yeah, not having Pat White turned out to be a big deal. But even still, even, even that comparison seemed flimsy to me because Todd Gurley as a prospect yeah. was considered to be much, much more than Steve Slayton, who I think many looked at as more of a third-down yeah. sort of back. For the NFL,
2: yeah, I think Chris Johnson is maybe a decent comp. I mean, two thousand yards one year, thirteen hundred the next, a thousand the next.
1: Yeah, I think with Chris Johnson, it was more of a more of a gradual progression down, though, right? Like he was really good for a few years. It took some time. But he got to the point where he was on the wrong side of the twenties, right? He was on the, I... the later part of his twenties when he started to fade. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he did rush for a thousand yards
2: in six straight years. Like, it's not like he had these disastrous seasons. But I mean, he, you know, after going for two thousand in his second year, I think you kind of thought the sky was going to be the limit, and then he never, he never got back over thirteen hundred.
1: Yeah, four three and four zero oh, as far as the yards per carry mm-hmm. numbers. After that, 5. still not 6. terrible. Six. So, anyway, you, you look at it, and it's just one of those things with Todd Gurley, where uh, I, I I like Gurley better than Howard right now, but that's. Not because I don't like Howard, it's because I think the Rams can make some adjustments and Gurley can go back to being yeah. the player. I mean, he has he to be a major, year. major
2: bounce back candidate, right? Like, you, you, its hard to say. Like, he's—he's he's just this guy now. Like, I don't know. We
1: have one extreme and we have another extreme. He'll be a popular bounce back target, I think, going yeah. into uh, next season. Uh, let's talk Cowboys Bucks. Ezekiel Elliott making a splash in the Salvation Army bucket, uh, avoiding the wrath of the NFL. We yeah. found out today too. So. It's- a rare attaboy for the NFL for not yep. fining Ezekiel Elliott for doing something that raised awareness for a charity. Two hundred thousand dollars worth of awareness, according to uh Rovell. Voldemort Ravel?
2: Yeah. Yep. yeah I do not I d I don't I don't like him. I just—I mean, he's like—he's a, a little weasel, but his yeah. That's I, like, I still follow him because like I, that stuff is interesting to me. It's like he always puts it out there, at, like and like he phrases it horribly and puts it out at the worst time. But
1: it's always—I do find that stuff kind of interesting. Like if those numbers are accurate, it's weird. He gets—he gets information. The—the the way he gets information and the stuff he turns out, I enjoy the the information itself. Right. The same way I enjoy the takes that Adam Schefter can get and put out there. Like it's. It's that kind of like, oh, wow, I couldn't really get this from anybody else. Like, it's cool that he has this. But his Twitter persona is so – it's so bad. It's, it's like on the Skip Bayless level of why are you – like, why, why are you making hot takes out of this? Why are yeah. you such a disaster <laughs> right. he's always at human add, emotion like... and, and just being <laughs> – like, why is context so hard for you?
2: Right. And they, I almost do wonder if he does it on purpose
1: you know at no this point, no I he doesn't he he he's the he's, he's i think he's one of those people who's just completely unaware of what he's saying and how and when he's saying it the, the yeah. he, he just doesn't see outside of himself at all there's there's no there's no ability to empathize with other people or to think even for a second about anything else other than what's directly in front of him i mean i, I
2: suppose um. So, Ezekiel Elliott, had he been fined, it would have been just over ten, or excuse me, just over twelve thousand. He said he had he been fined, he was going to match the fine in a donation to the Salvation Army. Even though he's not being fined, still going to donate. What a guy! Is he going to donate the
1: money that he would have been fined in yeah. addition to the amount like he's going money to donate? Now. Right. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, mean, was, I mean, whatever he's, he's giving money to a charity, right. and a lot of people don't give money to charities, and good for him. He was fined for excessive celebration, which fine, but. I just don't get we, we it. we got to get rid of these excessive celebrations. The war penalties. on fun is not cool. No, it's, it is not cool at all. Uh, Mike Evans, 4 for 59. Pretty disappointing. Cameron Brait scored. Adam Humphrey scored. Doug Martin, 42 yards, 16 carries. He's been brutally inefficient. You have to wonder if, if the hamstring is just not quite right for him, but if it weren't, I would expect the Bucks to use their other running backs. Jacquez Rogers looked really good a few weeks ago, stepping in for Doug Martin. Charles Sims only carried three times. It wasn't good in three carries but that's not enough to really decide anything uh, zeke finished with 159 yards and score. dak rushed for a td how about dak coming back with a 32 for 36 for 278 after uh, struggling yeah. against the giants last week
2: yeah I, I mean obviously a lot of short throws when you compare those completion numbers to to the yardage total but still i mean he any any questions that tony romo should have another shot to kind of take back this team i think i think we're silenced um I think Prescott played about as well as you could ask. He had a touchdown that ended up being called back, uh, so that line would have would have looked a little bit nicer uh, had there not been a penalty on the play. But I mean, this is uh, Ezekiel Elliott is still the bigger deal to me for this team. Like Mario is is I talked about this on Saturday with him. Like he's firmly uh, on in the camp that if the MVP comes from the Cowboys, it should be Dak. I'm not going to fight you too much on that, but I mean Zeke is Zeke is on pace to break Eric Dickerson's. Uh, so our rookie rushing record. Yeah, I'm our not going to fight first. anybody
1: about NFL MVP because just doesn't matter. I'm probably not going to fight anybody for anything related to a sports yeah. argument. You never know. Uh, Jameis Winston kind of laid an egg in this one. 247 yards, two TDs. I mean, it, it could have been a lot worse. But three picks. Yeah, fumbled twice, lost one. I mean, just, well,
2: yeah. One of the picks came on a hail mary before the half, which Fair. I, from a fantasy perspective, of someone. Who started James Winston in, in a consolation game in one of my leagues? Oh, consolation just, game! Just furious. Uh, and then <laughs> another one came when he he was hit as releasing the ball. I mean, obviously that's that's not quite as fluky, but yeah the the hail mary thing that, that seems to be more popular now. Like I feel like you, you see more of those like end of half hail marys than you did before. And I feel I really do think it was Rogers completing two of them last year that has kind of spurred that on, where teams are like all right, if we're within 60 yards of the end zone and we can take a knee or we can heave one down there, or we're just going to heave it.
1: Maybe it's also the result of offensive coordinators being from the Tecmo Super Bowl Madden generation where they're just like, you yeah, know, whatever, I'm taking a yeah, chance. I mean, on
2: Madden, I just run the Hail Mary play like 80% of the time anyway.
1: I mean, statistically, the odds, if you throw a Hail Mary into the end zone, the odds of that being picked and then run back for a TD are extremely right. low. I think coaches for a long time overestimated what those odds actually I mean what
2: are the odds of it being a touchdown like 10% is that too high if you threw 10 of them would you get one
1: yeah it's probably roughly 10% yeah
2: we'll say I mean I feel like in like the grand scheme of Hail Mary's it's probably lower if you like average it out but either way the percentage of scoring on a take a knee play from the 50
1: got to be close to zero very close to zero unfortunately Uh, Let's move on to the Bills and Browns. Shady Mm. McCoy continuing to put up good numbers. Nothing really good about the Browns' performance in this game. And uh, you look at Buffalo right now. I mean, Tyrod Taylor doing enough to keep the job for at least another week. Uh, Bills kind of rolling in this game. Shady, like I said, late first-round pick probably next year. I'm kind of amazed at what the Bills have accomplished without having a healthy Sammy Watkins for most of this year. I mean, they don't have yeah. quality pass catchers, and yet they're not a joke week in and week out, which is kind right. of remarkable. Like they're doing a good job, I think, as a coaching staff. Anthony I think so Lynn, too. Anthony Lynn might be their next head coach. If they fire Rex Ryan, but um, I, I don't really blame Rex for the deficiencies no. of the Bills right now.
2: I, I think the same thing. I don't know what they expected to be this year i mean if they finish nine and seven i don't understand how you could like reasonably justify that firing i mean who knows what's going on behind the scenes um but this doesn't seem like a fireable season to me for
1: rex ryan no i'm i'm not seeing it at all at all but they apparently are at least considering right. it uh robert griffin with a rushing score on this 196 yards might be his last start as a member of the browns thinking about going to uh,
2: no he's he's been confirmed as a starter what? Actually, just they in the last in the last like half hour yeah
1: oh man this morning didn't look good
2: Oh, yeah. No, Hugh Jackson sticking to his guns.
1: Well, way, to, way to go down swinging. Uh, let's go to the Ravens and Eagles. Ryan Matthews, 128 yards and a score. How about that? Sure. I mean, there's a few weeks ago we were talking about he was coming off a
2: big game and he carried like four times the next game. And you know, this kind of continues, I guess, the trend of not really knowing who's going to get the workload week to week. Well, it helps the Wendell Smallwood
1: is on IR and True. Darren Sproles had a concussion. Yeah, they
2: so. had no choice but to give it yeah, to Ryan, like Yeah, that, that
1: gave us a clear path to the, yeah. the volume we saw Ryan Matthews take on. Uh, still, Byron Marshall had nine carries for the Eagles. Oh, yeah, ex-Oregon ex guy. Yeah, what are, huh. they, what are they
2: thinking there? Nice, I didn't know he was in the league. Um, so, obviously, the, the storyline was that the Eagles went for it to basically win the game. Um, four seconds left on the clock. They could have kicked the extra point to tie, went for two, didn't get it. Why not? What's the downside? I agree. I'm you know, with you. Why play overtime? That's, All you're doing is
1: torturing right. players.
2: Revisionist is history. Of, of course you kick it, but no, I, I like that call. If you get it, Doug Peterson's a gutsy genius. If you don't get it, it was a terrible play and you should have played for
1: overtime. Yeah, I think if you're a team that's not going to the playoffs, avoiding overtime should be high on your list. I thought the Bears would go for it. Instead of kicking the extra point or kicking the field goal, right? It was a short field goal to uh-huh. tie it against the Packers. Yeah. In the I... Comeback.
2: Well, I, I was watching the game with, with, with a couple of friends, and I'm sitting there, you know, when it was first in goal from, what, like, the four, before the penalty? Oh, yeah, I know. I was but like, let, let him score. Yeah, yeah, let let him score like, I'm ball, yelling, like, let him score. And, you know, one of my friends is like, eh, I don't know. Like, I think you got to play this out. I'm like, no, they're just going to take the time down, and they're going to run it in with ten seconds left.
1: <laughs> they were going to take the time down, not because they were savvy and trying to and run like, the clock they just down, because, get it because in in. <laughs> inefficiency was going well, that's to be like, the, the, Well, the even means. so,
2: it's like, I thought they were going to get four cracks at it from the five-yard line, more or less, you know, and I guess that I think they had that exact scenario a couple weeks ago against the Titans, and they weren't able to finish it off. But the way the Packers defense had been playing in the second half, there was no faith that they were going to stop Jordan Howard. And nope. That whole march down was unimpeded.
1: Yeah, they they were moving the ball at will throughout the fourth quarter. It was it was like a switch flipped, and all of a sudden the Packers defense couldn't function. Not yeah, really it was sure a bizarre it. tale of two halves really was. Let's go back to Saturday, take a quick look at the Dolphins and Jets, and I really do mean quick look. Uh, Cameron Wake and Ndamukong Sue almost snapped Bryce Petty in half, so mm-hmm. we'll see if he's able to play in Week 16 going up against the Patriots. we got uh, more looks at Ryan Fitzpatrick in this one. Bilal Powell, 16 carries, 84 yards, 11 catches for 78 yards. No TDs, but if you're in a full-point PPR league... Yeah, he was fine. You're pretty happy with Bilal Powell on a day where Matt Forte was active but still only had five touches. Um,
2: So the Snapchat video, that's what I'm most concerned about with this game with Sheldon Richardson. Are you familiar with this? No, what's going on? I'm still kind of a noob
1: to Snapchat.
2: So this game happened on Saturday, Uh, of course. Before the game, (laughs) he... uh, I don't know if this was on his Snapchat. I'm still trying to get... Uh, oh, no, it was on teammate Rontez Miles' Snapchat. Uh, there is a... You can, he's filming the locker room before the game, and, and Sheldon Richardson uh, kind of walks in and, <laughs> and says, Blank this game. Uh, referring to the game that's about to happen. And then said, Where the blank at? Uh, using a derogatory term for women. Really? Yeah, hmm. that rhymes with, we'll say, goes.
1: Hmm. Okay. It's going to be interesting to see how the Jets handle that.
2: Yeah, he's going to sit down with uh, Todd Bowles and they're going to talk about it.
1: All right. All so, right. Well, that'll be handled, I guess, in some manner. Yep. Uh, Matt Moore, four passing TDs on 18 attempts. That's hard to do. Jarvis Landry scores once, three catches, 108 yards. Kenny Stills, a 52-yarder, his only catch of the game. Deion Sims pulls in two. So those who stream Deion Sims in Week 15 are rewarded. Jay 19 carries, 51 yards. Uh, his recent few weeks has made him a very difficult player to evaluate mm-hmm. as you look ahead to next season all right let's let's talk about your jags put on one of the jerseys even get, get ready here which one are you throwing on the pause one uh
2: yeah yeah let's uh, let's throw on the pause one yeah dig through my pile that we've now got a created nice nice, go. nice
1: assortment too these are all the same era that's the best thing about it
2: these were this is by far the worst jags jerseys they've ever had too they only had them for like two years
1: because they're the worst ones?
2: Yeah, they're well, like the Jags had the best jerseys in the NFL throughout the two thousands and the late nineties, like the Brunel era jigs. I like the black ones. Yeah, those were great too. But then they switched to these horrific, like these are the Blaine Gabbert era. Uh and then once they moved on, they now have the current ones, which I actually think are alright. there's a little too much
1: going on there, but they're better than these. Well, the Blaine Gabbert era is one that should be remembered forever, but the Blake Bortles era is kind of like trending in that direction and I know what Bortles did last year will probably always keep him ranked ahead of Blaine Gabbert in the minds of of Jags fans I don't recall Blaine Gabbert having a 12 for 28 game with 92 yards and a 3.3 YPA and then on the last drive of the game the Jags actually had a chance to drive down kick a field goal and win this game just staring down his receiver on first down and firing a bullet to the chest of the safety who was yeah. just ready to step in and, and make a play because Bortles yeah. was like, "Hey man, I'm throwing the ball right here. Ready?
2: Throws it." That's been the offense all year for the most part. What is he um, doing? Did he, yeah. did he do that last year all the time? And then just I mean, he threw a lot of picks last right? year, but it just wasn't. No, it wasn't this bad. I and mean, he was he he had moments last year that would. You know, like really good throws, where you would say like, "Wow, okay." In a couple of years, this guy's going to be great. Like he just doesn't have those moments anymore. Like there's there's average moments and there's bad moments. Like the in the obviously the bad moments are starting uh, to really pile up. But I, I love when they so in Wisconsin here, um, I forget what the the early game was on CBS, but they broke in. To show Jags bonus coverage. Bonus, bonus you know, coverage, like, yeah, You, know, hold we, you we got bonus happen. coverage coming at you and, and like as soon as they broke in, like the first thing you hear is fourth and fifteen here for the Jaguars. <laughs> they're gonna go for it. And I'm like, Oh no, like this is terrible. And like whenever the Jags get on, on quote unquote national TV around here, it's like that's when I really get exposed as a Jags fan. Is like the texts start coming in from friends 'cause like I, I watch the games every week. I stream them. They don't get to watch the Jags. And when they do, they're everybody's just appalled that it's like Wow, because the Browns are never on TV, you never get to see how bad they are. The Niners really aren't ever on TV. Like this was for a lot of people, you know, one of their only opportunities to really see the level of incompetence that we're dealing with.
1: Yeah, I mean the Jags are kind of like a unicorn. You know, it's just once in a while you get lucky and you actually see one. But yeah, well the last time they got lucky was like two thousand eight. Yeah. So Allen Robinson two for fifteen because when your quarterback throws for ninety two yards, there's not much to go around. Uh, really disappointing game for anyone who threw him in there thinking, hey, I survived this long, maybe he'll finally come through oh, for Oh, yeah, I was that, guy. Uh, I, that I th- guy. I had him going in the NFFC, the Rotowire Online Championship, I'm in the playoffs for that. Total points is all I'm after. And if you start looking down in a 12-team league where you start three in a flex in a full-point PPR... Do you really think there are 35 receivers every week that you like better than Allen Robinson? No, I, mean, I, I don't. At this I, point,
2: maybe. I don't know. I, mean, I probably
1: should have thought that, but I didn't yeah, going into this week. And He's been the single most
2: disappointing player in all of fantasy football, I think.
1: Yeah, especially these last four weeks. Gurley's up
2: there, I guess, because he was expected. You know, he was going higher even than Gurley, Hopkins, and Allen
1: Robinson. Hopkins at least showed up a few times. Yeah. He showed up yesterday. Robinson after,
2: has after. one 100-yard game and he only has 3 games outside of that that he's gotten to 70 yards. How about 4 70-yard games on the year?
1: The Jags were in control of this game until Tom Savage 20 to eight. took over. Yeah. Tom Savage. Tom Savage.
2: Tom Savage. Yeah. Uh, How, what happened? They well they returned a kick. First Arky's I tweeted this out. I tweeted this out and this is hilarious. This has been going on for a couple of years now. Anytime the Jags do something good, their writers, who I really like the Jags, you know, the, the guys who cover them for the Times Union and the SB Nation blog. Like, they're, they're, they're right in touch with how the fan base feels as far as, like, <laughs> sarcasm and things like that. Like, anytime something good happens, they're always right there with a stat to remind you of, like, just how bad the Jags are. Like, Jags just returned a kick. First time since 2007 that had happened. Jaguars, Jalen Ramsey gets his first career interception. First interception for a Jaguars cornerback on the entire season was in Week 15 yesterday. Wow. Uh, yeah, and that came against Brock Osweiler, so it doesn't even count. Uh, do you know who returned that kick in 2007? Uh, uh, it's it's somebody that I forgot returned kicks, if that helps.
1: Maurice Jones-Drew?
2: Maurice Jones-Drew. Yeah. Yeah, five, last guy to return a kick. So Marquise Lee joins Elite Company. Uh, this was just a disgusting, disgusting
1: game. Yeah, Marquise Lee was running with MJD yeah. yesterday.
2: Yeah, I also tweeted yesterday that like, the AFC is, is basically like the Mac of the NFL at this point, right? Oh, Of course. Yeah, but, but except, where it's like yeah. they have to get they have to get the at large team into the the BCS and you know like they don't have a western michigan like you like start playing games on Tuesdays like see what happens like why
1: not i guess they're more like the acc though because they they still get but the acc has florida state eh, florida pff, not that good this they just year. won
2: the national title like
1: 3 years ago yeah, not good
2: this year they were okay this year they're okay they the acc also has clemson so
1: there's no clemson, clemson might be better than any team in the AFC south yeah, I don't know about that, but Tom Savage is he actually taking the job Brock Osweiler? He, he should. Start, he's starting
2: this next week. So he should, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, he is taking it. Good. Like, I, I, I mean, that's... I don't
2: see how you could de- how you could defend starting Osweiler anymore. And it's like it, it's not like Savage. You tore it up. I mean, twenty three to thirty six was great. Didn't have a touchdown. Did have two hundred sixty yards, uh, but he just looked much more competent. Like he wasn't making impossible throws. He wasn't you know lighting the world on fire. He was just like being a pretty good quarterback, and that's what you need when you have nice talent around him. Like, this team won seven games with Brock Osweiler as the starter. Like, imagine if they had even, like, mildly competent football. What if Kirk Cousins were
1: their quarterback? They'd be undefeated. They'd be unstoppable. Unbelievable. So, Uh, Tom Savage is the guy. So, Tom Savage cost Gus Bradley his job. I mean, it was going to happen anyway. The Jags did
2: say, which is weird weird to say, right? Like, Caldwell came out and said, we were going to fire him no matter what the result was. It was was going to happen after this game. That's it's like okay. That's um, terrible. I mean, okay. So the all before
1: the game then. I, I, I'm never the guy that's actually like rooting for someone to get fired in the in the real context, but Gus Bradley's still going to no, get paid his contract. You got to be yeah, okay.
2: We have to say that disclaimer. Of like I don't root for people losing their jobs. I mean, it, this it,
1: case it, might be an exception. This for me. is not the same as when people get laid off at no. regular jobs around the holidays. Right. This is actually a lot different. Uh, I think the. Jags scribes were pretty happy that Gus took like 35 minutes with the media today. No, he like, was. It's like what else is he going to go? He's a good do? guy. He's, he's got well, no that. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's probably he's probably going to be a good D coordinator again. I know. I think so too. I think
2: even the players like. I'm like that. That says a lot when your coach is you know one of the worst statistically bad. coaches. He's the worst in
1: one in the Super Bowl era. Right.
2: Like he's like the worst coach of of all time, and they still like him. Like I think he. I think he's one of those, like, everyone respects you, you mean well, we just kind of, you know we have to move on. You know, it's kind of obvious at this point. Like, I feel like, I don't think there was, like, a confrontation or anything. You know, I think there it was respectful on both sides, and they probably both knew it was coming since about week eight. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting to see where they go now. I mean, Doug Marone... You would think is going to finish the next two games. He's already been named the interim
1: coach. He's probably going to be their coach next kind year of, too. I don't think so. I think when I think when I the, think the so. Bills hired Doug Marone, there was a lot of buzz about him being a good hire, and they got rid of him pretty quickly. So I, don't I just not know if the Jags if they would have made this move like week eight, Marone. and they went like six and two the rest of the way, maybe. But
2: like, I just don't think he has enough time to prove himself. I think I think they probably should have done this earlier to get a look. Uh, but they, during the press conference, uh, Caldwell was asked, like, you know, did the Fisher firing influence you? And he kind of was like, (laughs) (laughs) well, it was, it kind of made sense. He's like, well, we don't want to be behind in the search. You know, it's like, we want to, you know, we don't want the coach that we're eyeing to maybe go to LA. So, you know, LA, Jacksonville, horse of peace as far as living conditions and things like
1: that. Sure. Yeah. They, they seem like synonyms to me. Uh, Titans getting a win on the road against the Chiefs, kind of a big one for Tennessee as they try to win America's division. Win the Mac Senior, I don't know what what other name do you have for it.
2: Yeah, that's the 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 Big Mac. Yeah, the Big Mac, and like Mac is so perfect because you can do like the hashtag Maction thing, and like I don't, there's not. like I like like the Mac
1: a lot in in the college sense. Like I I like the fact that they've got those stupid signs like just off the field a little bit to get Mm -hmm. extra advertising in. Oh yeah, that their quarterbacks can usually sling it pretty good. Yeah, they crank out. Actually, exciting NFL players from time to time. Every now, yeah. I mean, Cleo Mack played in the Mac, fittingly. Cleo Mack, Ben yeah. Roethlisberger. Mack without Mack. No, you you absolutely
2: cannot. Roethlisberger. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I think Corey Davis is probably going to be pretty good. Corey Davis.
1: I, I'm trying to figure out who he's most similar to based on it's size, hard. speed. You know,
2: he's one games. of those guys that like. I think it was immediately clear. Like he didn't belong at a he's not just like, Oh, he's really productive in this office. Like he sh- should never have been playing in the Mac. They just you know so everyone just whiffed on him. From what I've read at least, is that yeah, he I think he had some like very serious academic issues and like nobody thought he was gonna qualify, but then they were able to get him in and he just never wanted to
1: transfer. Nice. Well, yeah, good good for him for getting mm-hmm. it right and probably being a
2: first round pick. Randy Moss. Although wait, no, they were they weren't a Mac team. Marshall at that time
1: I think, I might even have think been the conference Mac USA. Existed. The Mac existed back then, but I I want to say Marshall was Conference USA at that time. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I don't know if, well, that was their first year. What didn't
2: like Randy Moss only play one year in D1? Weren't they like an FCS team? So they had Chad Pennington
1: and they had Byron Leftwich at Marshall. And I think (sighs) the timing. Yeah, they did. The timing of that, I don't remember exactly how it all played out. I remember watching most of that Randy Moss 30 for 30. That was a great
2: one. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, that, 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 that I mean, they, those have all lived up to the hype. But anyone where they have like this huge archive of like old footage that you like really can't see anywhere
1: else, the best. I remember watching that. And I was like, this guy was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I didn't, I I was in high school at the time. I didn't realize how good he really was as Same a here, prospect. Yeah. I mean, in the NFL, like I played fantasy in high school. I realized right. how talented he was statistically, but I don't think I could understand and mm-hmm. comprehend for sure how much bigger, better, and faster he really was than other receivers even then. Okay, so they were in the MAC.
2: They played in six MAC championship games. Did the Marshall Thundering Herd? Oh, so they're in Conference um, USA now. They are. They are. But they were in the MAC. Uh, interestingly enough, but no, yeah, the Randy Moss thing is, and we could go all day about that. Like it's so rare. Like they show some games in that in that thirty for thirty where it's like, all right, first play of the game, like Randy, there, all this hype for this big game. Randy Moss is playing first play of the game, like eighty yard touchdown pass. Like who does that? Like only yeah. Randy Moss does that.
1: Yeah, I was watching that with my parents, actually. I had some rent. It was like a Saturday morning or something that was on, and we're sitting there, and we like, he, he was that good. Like yeah. He was that much better than everybody else on the field. And, I mean, it's, it's actually pretty cool. He's part of the, the ESPN broadcast right now because seven, eight years ago, did anybody think Randy Moss would be on TV after right, his playing you would think, career? Yeah, you would, well, not – one, you wouldn't think he'd be
2: interested in it. Two, like you wouldn't think, like, oh, what network would hire that guy? But like, you also could have said the same thing about
1: Ray Lewis. At well, some and, and Marshawn Lynch kind of feels like he fits in that same mold too, where you yeah. get two or three years from now, suddenly Marshawn Lynch pops up on yeah. a pregame show. Well, you know. At some point,
2: all those guys went from, oh, he's dangerous, to like, oh, we kind of love his, you know, quirkiness. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> There's, after a certain point, it's like, oh, you know, this yeah. guy's it's like, this maybe guy's they were right. just not so bad all along, and we made them out to be worse.
1: That in many cases it does seem to be true In other cases we kind of go the opposite direction yes. someone's really bad then we do make
2: i don't see vantes perfect ever getting on tv
1: after his career is over no no i don't i don't think that's gonna happen uh at all uh chiefs really kind of given this one away with an alex smith pick i think it was in the end zone too so they were driving in a pretty good spot could have put this one on ice potentially He throws a pick. The Titans rally back with 12 points in the fourth quarter. They get a two-point win on the road. DeMarco Murray has two TDs taken away by Derrick Henry. Still goes over 100 yards from scrimmage. Finishes with 141, so still a good day for him. And Rashard Matthews goes over 100 yards. Four catches for 105 on 10 targets. Uh, But Spencer Ware, still getting volume, just not doing a ton with it in this one. 95 yards from scrimmage. He had 21 total touches, 18 carries, uh, three catches. Tyreek Hill touched the ball one time. Sixty-eight yard yeah. touchdown run.
2: Yeah, I mean he's so tough fantasy wise because like you can't, you really just can't predict things like this. But it seems like this is like the fifth week in a row where he's either returned a kick or had you know a long pass, a long run. Like, I mean he's he's the real deal.
1: He seems to be uh, from a talent standpoint a really nice piece. Jeremy macklin six for eighty two. It uh, looks like he's finally healthy and and getting used in a way that we expected him to prior to that groin injury, but probably too little too late for those who were relying on him earlier this season. Uh, Let's move on to the lions and the giants giants, 17, six winners. Odell Beckham scores in this one. So does Sterling Shepard, Paul Perkins over five yards per carry, still trailing Rashad Jennings in the workload department for this week. But my hope is that Ben McAdoo will wise up and start using Paul Perkins more, at least in the sense that I want the best player to play, not in the sense of, I want the giants to do well. I, don't care about the giants and actually for as exciting as they could be i still find them to be a kind of boring team to watch do you think it's the uniforms i think it's their coaching i think it's the way they play they don't they don't involve Odell beckham in the offense in a way that that i would i mean i, I would have 14 15 targets for him every single week yeah. and if i went lower than that it's because i've got some designed run plays right. for him it I seems w- like they
2: forget about him and then like try to make a point to get him the ball and it's like why like you should, this should just
1: be part of the game plan i just think eli Manning's actually really bad too like that's that's part of it yeah I mean, without be- imagine eli manning without beckham these last few years like 6.2 yards per attempt probably without him
2: yeah. it'd be horrible without him yeah yeah they'd, actually, they'd, they'd yeah.
1: be really bad i don't know why i'm questioning that Yeah. and the and, really and next in the next level of unwatchable that's right. that's where i feel like they would be at Colts getting a huge win on the road against Minnesota. I know Minnesota has been injured and dealing with a bunch of.
2: This game was over like on the offensive quarter. line, but yeah,
1: what, what happened? I mean, I, it just a, a complete collapse. For if you're the a Packers fan, this makes you feel really good about next week, right? It does, and then you think, well, we felt pretty good about the match against the Bears. <laughs> right. The Vikings are to come in. Their their seasons on the line too. I mean, if if they. If they win their next two, and the Packers you know, lose to Minnesota but then beat Detroit, and Detroit loses this week, there's still a slim probability of Minnesota making the playoffs, right? I mean, that's still... No, there
2: is. Yeah, there is a so, scenario out there. I, actually, is there?
1: I thought Back that. After this? I think so. If the Lions lose twice, the Packers lose to Minnesota and then beat the Lions, and then Minnesota win goes win-win, wouldn't they all be 9-7? Because the Packers have eight wins, the Lions have nine, and Minnesota has seven, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, that is true,
1: I suppose. That
2: would There's, that would be path. a real bizarre scenario.
1: Adrian Peterson, uh, not doing much in his return. I thought if he was going to play, he'd actually be used quite a bit. Six carries, 22 yards. Hard to really draw any sort of conclusion from that. Stephon Diggs was awful. There's plenty of garbage time in this game, too. I thought he would do something. Two catches for 13 yards. It was Kyle Rudolph and Jarek McKinnon leading the way instead. How about the Colts, too? Robert Turbin gets two short TD runs on a day where Frank Gore gets 100 yards. Andrew Luck goes for 250 through the air, 8.9 yards per attempt. Throws two TD passes, but doesn't throw them to you know T.Y. Hilton, Jack Doyle, Dwayne Allen. Throws them to Philip Dorsett and Eric Swoop. <laughs> yeah, I didn't start swooping any of
2: my leagues. No, I felt like an idiot. Yeah,
1: yeah. Those consolation brackets mm-hmm. are there to be won by using players like Eric Swoop.
2: For sure. Never even heard of that guy.
1: No, I I think it was was. It, First catch ever, or at least it was first TD. I think might have been his first catch in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, let's take a look at the Pittsburgh-Cincinnati matchup. Six field goals from Chris Boswell. I hope you played Chris Boswell on Fanduel this week.
2: Forgot to set a lineup for Fanduel, so no, did not what play are Chris you, Boswell. What are you doing with your life besides
1: driving to Oshkosh? And I left storms? like directly
2: from the office on Saturday, and by the time I was like my phone was dead on Sunday morning. I didn't get back to Madison until like one. Oh, it's too late
1: you, you're Sorry. kind of a disaster right now
2: i mean it's not like i was raking in the the money on
1: these fan contests either way yeah i guess i guess you weren't but i'm disappointed in you nonetheless uh Le'Veon bell goes over 100 yards from scrimmage antonio brown I mentioned it earlier was kind of quiet three for 58 uh, eli rogers led the way five for 75 and td jeremy hill has been brutally inefficient to the point where i wonder if next year he's going to be in the same role that he's had this year, I mean, with Gio Bernard out, more touches, more involved in the passing game, and he's really done very little with that. I know not having AJ Green changes the complexion of this offense, but I am surprised that Jeremy Hill hasn't done more with the carries he's been given. Tyler Eifert, talk about players that let people down this week—one catch for nine yards, and what should have been a pretty good spot. Uh, the Bengals only put up twenty; they put up twenty points. They only had 157 yards through the air with Andy Dalton.
2: Yeah, this is a game that they I mean they put up twenty points in the first half and you know, looked like they were gonna be in control. It kinda of looked like Big Ben's road struggles were, were continuing. Um but but Pittsburgh came storming back and I think this is about the result we expected. I mean Cincinnati despite losing two of their better offensive players and certainly AJ Green being their best offensive player. They've looked better than I thought. I mean, they they had won two games you know, prior to this, uh, not against great teams certainly, but but even hanging in with with a pretty good Pittsburgh offense, um, they they certainly haven't quit. But yeah, the Jeremy Hill efficiency show has been pretty rough. Um, he tried to rip a terrible towel, which I'm sure you saw, failed, unable to do it.
1: More durable, terrible yeah. towel or jag rag.
2: That's funny you ask. I was looking at jagrags online after I saw that. I was inspired, and I was like, I wonder wonder if I can get my hands on a jagrag." None,
1: none for sale on eBay. Where there's
2: there's going to be like tens of thousands of those things.
1: Well, yeah, you'd think. And I just i I think you want to be a little more careful about getting a used one of those. Like you'd like to get one from the team still in the plastic. Yeah, I'd want it like
2: verified authenticity. Right.
1: You want you want new with tags on the right. You don't you don't want. Oh yeah, for sure yeah. don't look up
2: Jagrag on Urban
1: Dictionary, either. No. Just don't do that. Don't, don't do it. You, you shouldn't need to, but don't. Falcons 41, Niners 13, Matt Ryan 286, two scores. Uh, no Julio Jones, of course, in this one. Aldrich Robinson, four for 111. Taylor Gabriel, three for 60 on six targets. He finds the end zone again. Devontae Freeman, 20 carries, 139 yards, three TDs. Tevin Coleman, 14 for 58. Taron Ward even got in on the action, six for 52. So... 41 carries for 248 yards for the Falcons in this game. Colin Kaepernick, 20 for 33. 183, two TDs, 21 rushing yards. Okay, not great. They could do a bit more. I guess an Atlanta team, it's allowed more fantasy points per game to opposing passers than any other team this season. Uh, Carlos Hyde looked okay until the game got completely out of hand, and they have nothing else on that offense that's interesting to me whatsoever right now with all the injuries they've been piling up.
2: Yeah, so they can. Uh, the Falcons can clinch a playoff spot or clinch the division, I should say, with a win over Carolina on Thursday and a Tampa loss. Ooh. I believe. All right. I believe Get that's it. going to be the case. Uh, Tampa plays who next week? They're at the Saints. Yeah. Okay. Both both of those games happening on Christmas Eve.
1: I'm looking forward to that. I have
2: no idea what's going to happen in any of those. The NFC South continues to be puzzling. Although, I mean, Atlanta at least has seemed to kind of separate itself, but like you still don't feel great about them. It's like you're not like, man, I don't want to run into that Atlanta buzzsaw in the
1: playoffs. Yeah, I don't think anyone's overwhelmingly concerned. I mean, they're a quality team. I, I don't yeah. know. Like, Atlanta and Dallas, though, like, does, is there really that much of a difference? I, I look like at both of them is. as good teams. I think teams. Dallas is better. I don't know if Dallas is that much better than Atlanta. I don't know.
2: I Dallas don't, has been consi- Atlanta's had some games that they just completely have no showed. Dallas has lost twice to the same team and they've, you know, one was week 1 when they were a totally different team. The other one
1: was a three-point loss last week. I, I don't know. I, I just think they're more consistent. I mean, Atlanta at Denver won earlier this year. Played really well at Seattle. Got completely screwed by a lack of a pass interference They beat, call. Green, they
2: beat Green Bay, and that, that win looks a little better now than it did a few weeks ago. The quality
1: of that win has, has fluctuated <laughs> yeah. as much as quality of a win possibly yeah. can over the course of a season. Right. Patriots 16, Broncos 3, Brady 188, no TDs, under 6 yards per attempt. Miserable game from him. Yeah. But Deion Lewis was ready to carry the mail, Nick. 18 for 95 18 carries for Deion Lewis, like what, Belichick really does hate us. Garrett Blunt, 17 for 31, he found the end zone once. Uh, Edelman, 6 for 75, nobody else as far as the pass catchers did anything because, again, Brady just wasn't very good in this game. Uh, Trevor Simeon, 282 through the air, 91 of those yards going to Demarius Thomas, 3 for 48 for Emmanuel Sanders, really just spreading the ball around, a lot of short passes, nothing to get excited about, and a running game that still sputtered with yeah. Justin Forsett. And Devontae Booker. In the last game that we're going to get to, Raiders, Chargers, Raiders 19 16 winners. It was ugly, but that's what good teams do. They find a way to win ugly when they're not playing well.
2: Yeah, the Raiders had a ton of miscues in the first half of this game. They'd fumble an interception uh, on back to back drives, and they punted after that. I mean, really were unable to get anything going. Really lucky to be only down, you know, uh, 7 to 3 at that point and, and going in uh, 10 to 10 at the half but i mean they this again it wasn't a convincing win you, if you watch this game you didn't come away like you know fearful i guess uh, of, of this raiders team but they're 11 and 3 they're back in the playoffs for the first time since what 02 03 something like that um a long time i think it was since the last time they were in the super bowl yeah they have been back so yeah i mean i don't know. i think this i was talking to my uh, one of my roommates who's a big raiders fan and like he's he's very pessimistic doesn't want to get his hopes up but it was like Man, like if somebody beats New England, like I don't know if there's another team in the AFC that you're like really, really scared of. Like New England's the one team that I think if they if the Raiders have to go to New England in the second round or the, or the conference title game, like they're not winning that. But like are you really that scared of Pittsburgh right
1: now? Do you think this Ravens team is good enough to go into New England and win though? Like they always have no. some stumbling Ravens block like that. Yeah. The oh, ra- Ravens maybe. I mean, they almost did it last week, I guess. I mean
2: the Steel like the Steelers and the Ravens to me are they're both good teams, but they're not as strong as maybe they have been in previous years. Um like if the Dolphins get in, they don't worry me much. They're not, they're not nobody from the AFC South worries you. Like the the most fearful team for for the Raiders might
1: might be the Chiefs, who would beat them twice. I wonder if Tennessee could hold their own against New England.
2: Uh maybe. I don't think so.
1: I I'm I'm just the enamored. Win, like, I'm enamored with the, the possibility based on the way they played the Packers earlier this year, the stuff they were doing, I, I just liked, I liked that approach from Mike Malarkey. Maybe I'm putting too much stock. <laughs> no one has it, ever not, said that before. No one has <laughs> ever said those words, never. Uh, Kenneth Farrell, by the way, 15 carries, 39 yards, gets outgained uh, on a per-carry basis by Ronnie Hillman, 7 for sure. 34. Neither player was particularly valuable and The workload this one. was, I guess, what people expected for Farrell. Yeah, the, I thought he'd do get much 15 carries. I, I thought he could do better against yeah. Oakland. I thought 60 yards, maybe a TD. I thought he was actually a useful RB2 with the volume he was going to mm-hmm. get, but it did not materialize that way. Phillip Rivers didn't play all that well in this game either. 17 for 30, 06, two TDs, had a pick. Uh, Farrell also lost a fumble. He had fumbled mm-hmm. twice, lost one of them. Mm-hmm. Tyrell Williams got banged up too, it was so kind of a rough day for the Chargers. Picked off to
2: end the game too on 4th on and 15. Very, very similar to the Blake Bortles pick.
1: I didn't see it, and I don't think it could have been that similar. It was Bortles, similar. Bortles is in a class of his own. S- with the quality, it. Those uh, you know, it was
2: picked off by actually an ex-Jag, Reggie Nelson. Still not really sure why the Jags ever parted ways with him. That, he's he's that, pretty good now.
1: That doesn't really make any sense to me either. Why he's still not there? But maybe he didn't want to be there anymore. I Couldn't blame him. It's going to wrap things up for this episode of the Road to wire Fantasy Football Podcast. Thanks again for the Jags stuff. Thank you so much. Jester's jerseys, Patricia and Steven. Uh, And I can tell Nick's very excited about those, so... Uh, it's going to be a great holiday season. He's got three days of his four-day holiday trip covered wardrobe-wise now too. Yeah, so.
2: right. I was gonna. I was actually planning on going to the mall when I got home on Friday. You don't have pick to pick up though, a new no. sweater for you know for Grandma's Christmas gathering, but no,
1: no, need. no need. No, you just throw on throw on the, the, Mike, the Mike Walker and you're good to go. I, I
2: think I'm just going to return all my
1: Christmas gifts too. Like this is, I could literally what I was going to ask for. That's awesome. These three items. Thanks again for listening. Eric and Jake are back with you with the waiver episode on Tuesday.
0: Wow, you're actually wearing your hair down tonight. Yeah, because I finally decided that I love my hair. I figured out the solution for my morning frizz, midday poof, and even next day bedhead. It's Frizz E! Secret Weapon Touch-Up Cream by John Frieda. Well, you and your hair look flawless. Flawless and touchable. Feel. See? It's soft. Smooth ends, no flyaways, shiny. Well, I clearly need to get some
1: because your hair looks amazing. Frizz E! Secret Weapon, only from John Frieda.